0: Betches Media Presents.
1: If you feel
2: depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club.
0: Gaspacho Police. Oh my god! What a
2: stupid song of a bitch.
0: He believes that it's a woman's right, it's
3: a woman's body, and it's her choice. The
0: Betches Sup Podcast.
3: Diana Sucker. <laughs>
0: Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman.
3: I'm Elise Morales.
0: I'm Caitlin Bird, and this is the Better Sup Podcast for C-SPAN. Meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I was reading the news this morning, and I feel like we should start this podcast like a Mississippi legal proceeding on abortion rights. And apparently, that's with a prayer. (laughs) It's with a prayer.
3: Obviously, I am kidding.
0: (laughs) We believe in separation of church and sup. But did you guys see this crazy headline this morning?
3: No, I did not see this until I looked at our outline, though I'm not surprised.
0: Bridget thankfully brought it to my attention, but uh, everybody should be very alarmed by the display that went down in a Mississippi courtroom yesterday. So the judge notably a woman, asked a local pastor to start the proceedings with a prayer. Now, something tells me this probably isn't that unusual. Maybe we're just like all paying attention, even though it seems like it should be unusual. And the pastor proceeded to say, Lord, we pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit in this courtroom today. We seek your truth, not our own. We seek your wisdom, not our own. Which, if that's what you want in your personal life to be led by the Lord and to get guidance in your personal life... By all means, by all means. But man, to say that in a courtroom, and then what do you think happened right after that? It's Mississippi trigger law. I mean,
1: (laughs) they didn't say free abortion on demand. (laughs) I mean, obviously, Mississippi immediately afterwards put the laws of man above the laws of the divine and insisted that human beings have the right to personal autonomy whenever they want to. Regardless of whether or not that autonomy ends a pregnancy, obviously, I mean, it's Mississippi obviously. very famous for uh, for <laughs> respecting the separation of
0: of, of church and of state. Of course, and all of the babies born will enter. It's just top top of the line education system,
3: and you know, Mississippi to- also famous for using religion to justify awesome stuff, <laughs> like, <laughs> really fun stuff. Really cool, really smart ideas. So, Mississippi is, of course, the
0: the state that caused the fall of Roe, having having started with a fifteen week abortion ban and then asking the court to just go ahead and overturn Roe. And in light of that, Mississippi is uh, they had a trigger ban, a very uh, a very um, modern, up and coming, and modern trigger ban from two thousand seven. Not one of these eighteen forty nine old guys, but their trigger law will this judge will let the law take effect tomorrow. So this podcast we're talking to you on July 6th, abortion will be outlawed in Mississippi tomorrow. There are no exceptions for incest or severe fetal deformity in Mississippi. Rape exceptions will only be accepted if a victim reported their rape to law enforcement. And I think we've probably already discussed why that is like, that's not an exception. That's ridiculous.
3: I know. Also, what if the rapist was law enforcement, which also happens? Girl. But it's like, Mm -hmm. it's again, it's like all of these things. They never take into account any surrounding factors of anything. They don't think about how ectopic pregnancies work. They don't think about how rape and incest actually works or how those things are reported or not reported. They don't think about people who have to make these decisions because of serious issues with the fetus itself. They don't think about any of that stuff. It's just this blinders of like, Everyone should be giving birth to babies.
0: And Mississippi is definitely one of the states where it's like, it's extremely dangerous to be a black woman and give birth in Mississippi. Like, quite, quite dangerous. Odds are are not good. And again,
3: no exceptions. It's just really hard to be a poor person in Mississippi and then put on top being like a poor black woman in Mississippi. And it's like, these are the people who you're really forcing to carry these pregnancies and stay, you know, stay pregnant, no matter what. I would like to
1: add a term to the Google searching that you will inevitably do whenever (laughs) I'm on this podcast, which is Mississippi appendectomy. This is, there's a long history, and I'm so sorry. I have to be like the downer here. There's a long history of um, forcibly sterilizing Black women. So... This is a super common thing, and the fact that it's so difficult to be a pregnant person in Mississippi, if you are Black in particular, is designed to is designed precisely for that purpose. It is is to make it very very easy for every white womb haver to turn out a a baby, regardless of the circumstances. I mean, the fact that there's no exception for incest. it's kind of like one of those tells right there. It's the same thing as like Idaho dropping their um, age of consent. It's same as as Tennessee making all sorts of like weird teenage ride shit legal. Like this is designed to capture young people at the earliest stages of their lives and their fertility and to force them into having kids while other people are going to be left to their own devices. And they'll be like, oh, it's an individual thing. Maybe they should have just been a better person and they would have had more support. You know, maybe they should have just been less poor. Maybe they should have just been less black. Like all of these arguments just end up being like, okay, these people are disposable and these people are baby factories. And at no point are people, actually people, get to make their own decisions about what their lives are going to be like and how they're going to raise or live their own lives separate from children and that those decisions have been taken away i wouldn't even call it second class citizenship i would say that the second class citizenship of particularly women but all gender gender marginalized people has led to a place where there's this obvious ignorance like oh you know like a lot of um, obstetrics and gynecology wasn't taught isn't learned. D and C's should be standard. And it's insane that like tons of medical education does not provide this. It's wild the amount of times that we don't care about uh, women's bodies, trans bodies in medicine. It is wild. just a degree of like tons of stuff that has piled up to here. So now, of course, we have people making laws being like, and then the magic of the, you can deliver an etopic practice. It's like, you can't deliver the right place. No,
0: God is not going to do that. God is not going to get the the doomed fetus out of the fallopian tube.
3: Your body can shut down a pregnancy that was the byproduct of rape because it's based on semen intake or whatever the hell that other lady was saying. Oh, my God. That was... I can't stop thinking about that. (laughs) You can
0: limit... You have some control over... (laughs) I obscene. Also, just the dirtiest thing I've ever heard. It's
3: disgusting. And also, <laughs> what I will say for that person who said that is that that is true of ducks. <laughs> and so they might have become. Maybe they learned that down the road about female ducks. They actually can. Um, <laughs> well, is decide, isn't that way ducks Cooper- have evolved with their little corkscrew Yes, yeah, so ducks have like a corkscrew penis. I think, but also. Oh, no interior lady ducks have like a multi-chambered vagina and they can like close off different chambers to like not to ducks that they don't necessarily like want to fertilize their eggs so what i'm saying is that maybe this person got (laughs) human women confused with ducks
0: i mean women are not humans so it's very easy to mix up those those of us in the animal kingdom
3: Exactly. It happens. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know. You're not going to learn the, what what facts you pick up on the fly. It's like, oh, did I learn that about women, or did I learn that about ducks? And
0: it's like you don't know. Oh, easy mistake. Really, there's no way to know at all. There's no way yeah. to know. You just have to say it out not loud. Not as on an a elected platform. official. Yeah. I'm um, the the devaluing of women's health and literally not even teaching this procedures. We're going to probably come back to that in a later discussion around the Hyde Amendment today. But before we get into our discussion for today, wanted to uh, again promote our live show, which I kind of haven't done enough just because it's like felt wrong, just everything's terrible. But you know, we are gonna still do this live show on July (laughs) 30th, Saturday, day after Saturday at seven, day after the Beyonce album comes out, which I think (gasps) is fate. We're just gonna vibe. We'll talk about our favorites. We're working on getting some awesome guests. It's at Caveat, which is a great Great venue on the lower east side of Manhattan. It's a Saturday. It's early. You can still be you can be in bed by 9 30. I'm gonna be. I mean, maybe I'll hang out for a bit after.
3: Or you can launch an evening that lasts all the way until the next morning. Either way, you can mm-hmm. cap off your night with us, or you can begin a wild evening <laughs> on the lower east side with us. It's up to you. Maybe we'll we'll dance until the end of democracy. Maybe we'll
0: just yeah. do that.
3: <sighs> Yeah, it shouldn't be too long. <laughs> shouldn't be. No, exactly. I think I can manage. I
0: think I can stay up a few more hours. Get your tickets right now. Don't wait at betches.co slash SUP live. If you have any questions, just DM me or Millie or Elise and we'll find the answers. But um, pretty straightforward. Going to incorporate some fun games to raise some money for some abortion funds because obviously they're going to need it. So please come join us. You can make a fun trip out of it. Betches.co slash SUP live. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interests they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. Hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So for today's conversation, we're going to do something a little bit different. And I think that instead of talking about the degree of democratic decay, we can do a little thought experiment and look towards what like a dream emergency rescue could look like. Like imagine this is like the third act of a summer blockbuster and here come the saviors like ready to take charge and, and save the day. As we mentioned yesterday, Congresswoman Cori Bush shared on Instagram a pretty lengthy carousel of bulleted options that she called a reproductive justice action plan. And so I, I mostly pulled the most kind of um, ambitious elements from that plan. And those sort of completely reimagine American elections and politics, which We stand. I'm down. But I want to kind of do a thought experiment with it. And a lot of her suggestions also include things the federal government could try to do now. We won't get into those as much with the exception of the Hyde Amendment. All right. So we're going to go through them and kind of like unpack what it would take to get there and what this alternate reality would look like. Um, But I think we can sort of start with what is the specific problem that needs to be fixed? And more specifically, this question for you, Caitlin, what about our democratic system has gone off the rails? And what about it was flawed from the start? Ooh! Wow, 60 seconds.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I mean, one of the major things as I've been going back through founding documents, the holiday, the whole deal is that The government is supposed to be predicated in theory upon self-government. This is really strong element of like people have the right to govern themselves and our elected representatives are supposed to be reflections of our popular sentiment. The one place where that is mitigated, initially it was the Senate was a mitigation effort and presidency with the Electoral College. And then we changed that with the 17th amendment because it turns out that the small groups of people were horribly corrupt and we needed to stop. Who we were electing senators. They were like electing senators and being like, just give me like 10 grand and I'll be your, your vote in the legislature. And they were getting through because of all that. And we were like, well, we might need popular direction on this. So we've been moving closer and closer to representing that. And one of the biggest issues Right now, that's at the core, I think, of this entire crisis is that we don't have that system has been usurped. It just has. There is not popular sovereignty. These laws are not being made with popular agreement. We are in a place where the court is imposing rules on us, imposing interpretations of law that could never pass through a legislature, even with the Senate the way it is, even with all the fucked up shit that's built into the system. They could not do it if we had to vote on it. They're not winning popular elections in the, in the presidency. So this is the, the fundamental issue. And I think that a lot of these things that are being proposed, one of the things that they need is for our system to actually legitimize democratic governance, democratic power, and for us to, again, be sovereign to ourselves. And that that self governance is like so important. Love that. Perfect. That was very that was very succinct. Beautiful. All right. So shall
0: we go through our uh, our ultimate democracy reform to do list? Yes. All right. So the easy ones are like we've talked about this a billion times. So we'll do this quickly. End the filibuster and codify Roe. Um, I, I bring this up on our podcast a lot because I do think that they're getting a lot of pressure to do this, and I wonder how much this actually solves. Because let's say we can get at least two more senators in November to accomplish this, at least just like strategically for midterms. That seems like a good messaging strategy. What happens if we do codify some of those protections? Don't don't they just go back to this this like illegitimate Supreme Court who can say, no, as we said, this is up to the states. Yeah, everybody's nodding.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that they should do it. If they can do it, because I think that everything that... Yes, okay.
0: Yes, definitely. Of course.
3: If, because of it, even, like, one more person is able to get an abortion that they needed, then it's a good... I'm not even sure if they would, because it would, like, be challenged literally immediately. But I think they should try. Um, That said, I do think that the, the Supreme Court that we are dealing with, I do feel like would strike down a bill codifying Roe and uphold a bill banning abortions. I think that we're just in that place. So it does come back to what Caitlin was saying, which is that I think the deeper issue to address is the minority rule issue that is happening. And the fact that, like, yeah, the courts have been usurped and the system has been, I feel like, like flipped on its head in a way.
1: Yeah, so I'm totally for the codification. I think it's really important. But my first, I'm going to be my weirdo self here. Not just the Permanent Apportionment Act, I have another thing. Okay. (laughs) The ERA needs to be ratified. This is possible with a majority of senators agreeing to waive the time limit. So the major thing is like right now, it was basically ratified by Virginia as the 38th state back in 2020, I believe. Um, And at that time, I was so lucky as I was researching this. Danica Rome wrote a piece with a lawyer talking about how trans people will be covered because of the broadness of that amendment. This language could really truly help codify our could could help codify above the court because at that point they yeah. have to argue. Under strict scrutiny, they have to decide whether or not there's a vested interest in the government violating the equality that would now be statutorily demanded by the Constitution of the United States well above their own authority. So they would basically have to rig the game even more openly in order to get around this if we put the ERA into the Constitution. How would
0: originalism apply to a constitutional amendment in 2022? Like,
1: I mean, they, they would might just... say that it's not a legitimate amendment, which is dumb. Okay, they're going to say ridiculous things. They, I mean, you can see their logic where it's like, oh man, this 1908 law does not have long a, a, a long space in the Constitution, and you're like. A century-old oh, law right, is right, right, not right. <laughs> good enough. But Brown v. Board of Education is sacrosanct. Like you guys are making some weird, and then like Clarence Thomas is like, let's get rid of Lawrence and Obergefell. And they're like,
0: yeah, yeah, what
1: yeah. is happening here? So like, there's no logic. They're just going to come it, up with it. something. But at least it's written down in the Constitution.
3: I don't expect them to like abide by any logical code other than to like implement a conservative agenda. I don't expect. The fact that Brett Kavanaugh said, like, no, state lines is, you can travel across state lines. I don't expect them to stick to anything like that. But I do think there's a value in us, like, backing them into a corner to, like, have to show their hand more and more and more. Like, if we get the ER, if we make moves to ratify the ERA, and like you said, I guess a majority of senators could say they want to waive the, um, the time limit, if we did that and then challenged it based on that, that's like another dance that they have to do. If they really want to come out here and and say, oh, actually, we're not going to accept a constitutional amendment, then it's like that's another chance that they have opportunity. They have to reveal themselves as corrupt to everyone.
0: I mean, this is this is really a situation where a holdover solution is a solution for thousands of women, thousands of people um, who desperately need care. Like a holdover solution is, is perfectly fine as we maybe sort of address some of these, these bigger things. So, yeah, as you guys said, I mean, uh, Joe Biden came out and, and basically said to Congress, you guys need to make this the ERA happen. Um, previously, I mean, a bunch of states, it passed in 72, and then a bunch of states ratified it. And then a number of states started revoking their ratifications after Phyllis Schlafly, like, showed up and started doing Her whole dance. And I think that now enough have, but can you see a situation in which we have suddenly a modern Phyllis Schlafly who is raising the alarm about this and trying to convince, you know, women in 2022 that the Equal Rights Amendment is not in their, is not in in their
1: benefit? I think one of the benefits that we have is that we have all the arguments that they made. It's already covered in the 14th Amendment. This is never going to happen. You don't need to worry about bitch yeah. no we've seen it it's done we know we need this thing at, l- at the very least there's not going to be an argument anymore and now we can just say this is what citizenship means we we can't have people just randomly deciding that we, like whole swaths half the human population does not have rights to their own bodies no we're not doing it not anymore because all of those arguments were like, "Oh, well, we'll never get back to that time. You don't have to worry about it. You can relax. You don't have to do this. Oh, it's so unnecessary. It's all already covered. It's clearly not. So let's let's just make it official. You know, let's just get it in writing. This whole like we'll deal yeah. with your promises thing. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we'll put it in writing. Mm-hmm. How? But how exactly is the
0: Equal Rights Amendment going to be interpreted to protect the right to abortion? Wouldn't it be the same way that? That it that it used to because that like women are not equal if they oh I guess not I guess it was a different I guess the basis of Roe was different it was just right to privacy it wasn't based on equality
1: yep so we it would be under I mean they're going to talk about Fourteenth uh, Amendment I know there are people who are working on many different routes right now one of them are going is uh, Jewish organizations are going hard to the mat uh, speaking under free establishment and the establishment clause and also the the First Amendment. I know that there are people working on the Fourteenth Amendment, but you know we could just do it under the Twenty Eighth. Is it going to be Twenty Seventh or Twenty Eighth Amendment? The Twenty Seventh or Twenty Eighth Amendment. If we just put that there, then maybe that that just like clarifies certain things and just makes it very. It makes it uh, again. That's that climb gets steeper, and I think a lot about how you know the suffrage movement actually you know got its its underway. It's, its strength underway from working for prohibition, which was terrible, but there was a lot there about organizing, about focusing, about making sure there's a simple yes or no. These organizations that could push for an ERA could say literally, we're gonna throw everything at you if you don't agree that women are equal citizens of the United States. that, the, that citizenship of the I United have. States should not depend on your, your gender or your sex. That's it that is it. We, if, if you agree, you get money. If you don't, we'll destroy you. And, you know, going the old prohibition route. I mean, I also think January 6th is important and that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment is really important. The Constitution provides a lot of space for us to start talking about how we unmake the tilt of this usurpation you know, where they basically removed voting as an option for us to overwhelm them, we'd have to do so much more. And that's such a steep climb to get so many people on the same page. Sometimes you just need to have one big tool and just say, like, we're going to go for this. Yeah. And and you either are with us or you're against us and you don't want to be against us.
0: Yeah. I mean, as you were just saying all of that, like, to take this to to really go hard with the ERA approach is would be pretty popular among, you know, the suburban white women. They would love this. Like, the idea that to remind people, like, there's nothing right now making you equal. There was, I was reading an interview with Meghan Markle and Gloria Steinem about the Equal Rights Amendment. And Gloria Steinem was like, we should be talking this this all the time. Every airport should have a billboard that says, welcome to the world's only democracy that doesn't have uh, women in the Constitution like get people enraged, frame it that way. And then it's like, you know, the bonus is you're, you're protecting abortion rights. I thought that was a great idea. And Sam and I immediately looked what it costs to, <laughs> to advertise in the airport. So
3: much of the work is already done.
0: I mean, yeah, it really does seem like this could be out a technicality, but I'm sure once they pursue this, maybe then the opponents will be like, no, legally the deadline's passed. But I still think it's up to Congress to just be like, forget about the deadline. Never mind. It never needed a deadline. It's fine. I, lo- I would, you know, what it's worth trying because I would love to hear what Kirsten Cinema has to say about opposing an equal rights amendment. She is our new fellow. Maybe I think
1: that it really fundamentally changes the entire discussion that we've been having around Democrats. This is something that's already sitting there. It's got an option. It would be a massive structural change. A massive structural change that would signal a willingness to do the kinds of things that we know need to be done. We're all getting mad at Democrats for not preparing for very obvious things. Like your opponents keep saying, like, we will destroy this country and keeping like, okay, but what about some graham crackers and water? Like, would you like to have a discussion like we can work this out? Like, no, there's no negotiating with these people. You have to we have to go above them. And the kind of thing that goes above them is adding a a constitutional amendment. It's just the level of thing. It's like, you can't argue with us. We've now placed it in the constitution. It's going to be really hard to roll back. You're going to have to start from scratch to roll it back. We don't have to start from scratch to put it in. Yeah. That sounded weird, but you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've been doing it for 38 years. It's done. That's really interesting. Okay. So let's say that happens. The court is still a mess on a number of things. They've taken up some really terrifying cases, uh, for next term. So there are a couple options here. There's obviously there's expanding the court, there's impeaching justices, there's enacting term limits, there's a combination of these. Um, what do you guys think about impeaching justices versus adding justices? What do you think would be kind of like better marketing, better practically? Elise, what are you down for?
3: What I'd ideally like to see is the people who are not legitimately yeah, on true. the court, which is multiple people off of the court. However, I feel like adding justices is not neither of them are easy, but it seems like adding justices is easier to do because you have to I, the impeaching a justice requires basically the same thing that impeaching a president requires. and I just don't know how we're ever gonna get to that place unfortunately mm-hmm. um, but but adding justices because it hasn't been done before or it has been done. Sorry. It has the, the actually the composition of the court has changed multiple times that I'm not sure off the top of my head what that requires, but I don't think it is as big of a hurdle to accomplish.
1: That's just legislation. This is this is the Civil War uh, nerd in me. Yes. Uh, I mean, the again, ahead of the Civil War southerners dominated the court this is because southerners were able to win the electoral college again because they this entire system is rigged it has nothing to do with you know actual population at the time of the war there were like 21 million free people in the north and there were like maybe 11 million people in total in the south a third of whom were enslaved so these we, people were crazy to decide that they were going to go to war with that number of people. But on top of it, that meant how stacked that system was. That they were like, okay, we have equal, <laughs> we have equal senator. And then the moment they lost the presidential election, they were like, let's go because we can't rig this system anymore. They're going to outvote us. So the same structure applies here. You know, there's a lot of stuff that keeps us that keeps us suppressed as a majority, and I think that. Ultimately, for the court to to function, you know, we need to expand. Yes. But you know me. I love that 14th Amendment, that third section about insurrection. Can we get some discussions about Ginny Thomas? Can we stop assuming that Clarence Thomas, the most reactionary little fucker on that court, has any business being there right now? He does not. They don't talk. They don't talk about they it, don't Caitlin. Talk about it. Ginny I and be-
3: Clarence, they do not talk about work. But now we do. When they walk in that door, it's phone down. <laughs> yeah. it's- if, Gin- <laughs> I mean, if
1: Ginny Thomas has any... I mean, she's overwhelmingly used... It's kind of wild that she's been allowed to be an activist. It's absolutely insane. So many of the things that she's worked on have made its way before the court, all of which he should have accused himself for. So a very obvious thing that we can do is you know, we can legislate a code of conduct, a code of ethics for the Supreme Court. Violations of this code should be, you know, basically that is a, a step one automatic, like you you become eligible for impeachment. You become eligible to be removed from the court. Term limits, something else. That's a little bit harder. Yeah. That's going to be more than legislation because the lifetime sinecure is in the Constitution. And it's supposed to be designed for people The theory was that people who have a longer term view of the country, sorry, uh, people who have a longer term view of the country will be more willing to be flexible and not as susceptible to political caprice, which, as we can Ah. see, does not work when we (laughs) actually get people in who are entirely designed
0: to be ideologues. I don't know. I think Mr. Brett Kavanaugh is a fount of wisdom. (laughs) Also, they didn't live these long. These fuckers didn't live this long. I mean, like, God bless us that
3: that Ruth lived to 87, but... One invention in their <laughs> lifetime, and they would have like their entire life to come to terms with it. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, precisely. These people were
1: regularly getting dysentery; they didn't think that a lifetime, yeah. <laughs> a up appointment on the Supreme Court was going to be. I mean, one day you just drink the wrong water and you end up shitting yourself to death. Yeah, like it was never. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't absolutely. Think it was going to be
0: like that. <laughs> uh, some good perspective, some healthy perspective in twenty twenty two. But doesn't it say? I thought I. I saw a take somewhere that like they are entitled to lifetime appointments on the bench, but it can also be like a federal judge. Like, can't we just like I've seen arguments that you can kind of demote them to being on the federal bench, which, you know, like, I guess only dilutes their impact uh, to a certain extent. All right. So let's say we fix the court. We expanded it. It's rebalanced. Now we want to abolish the electoral college. Here we are. Do you guys have you ever had ever had this conversation with other people and faced the kind of like oh I don't know I've always been told the Electoral College you know is really important Have you ever like really engaged in this conversation before with people who are reluctant about it
3: I've never met anyone who's reluctant about really That's really telling. Yeah. I just personally think- I mean I know that's my po- political bubble or whatever, but I don't. I like when I learned about the Electoral College. It was mm-hmm. in the like it was. In the context of, like, hey, did you know we actually have this insanely fucked up thing (laughs) that, like, is not good at all? So I have never, um, yeah, I've never really, I mean, I know there are people who want to keep it, but I've never... Like even heard from them. I mean, Donald Trump even used to tweet that the Electoral College was bad. I know it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, it's been people have
1: been trying to get rid of the Electoral College pretty much almost as soon as they started holding elections. And I mean, getting rid of it's going to be really hard from a from a constitutional standpoint because it is etched into that mm-hmm. little slimy motherfucker. But on the upside, there is the National um, Vote Compact, which means that any state. Legislature that agrees to pair its electoral votes with the popular vote winner, as soon as it hits 270, that would automatically mean that as long as you win those states, basically, you can, you've got an electoral college majority. And again, I come back to the 14th Amendment and that third section, because if people are wondering, how do we make these big structural changes? Well, you kind of don't over republicans it's not going to be possible you are not going to get small states to effectively commit electoral suicide so how do you do that you basically have to say that they've engaged in some sort of act that's a crime against the nation which is what we did for the civil war if you want to know how we what got be 14 15 that's how we did it
3: hmm, i wonder what it could be that they did i don't
1: mm, who knows yeah there might have been like a teeny tiny little tiny little coup I mean, all this makes me think that having a like very focused
0: on democracy reform candidate in 2024 could maybe do us some good.
2: Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. HomeChef.com/slash/feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: To end today, another option to address all this is going back to the British. Elise, do we have some? <laughs>
3: yes. Do we
0: have some British news to end today?
3: We do. Tell do us da, what's da, going da. on. It's British news. <laughs> um, Boris Johnson is. Add it again, and by add it again, we mean he might lose his job. <laughs> it's, it's every other week, um, Boris Johnson might lose his job, but this time, it's pretty serious. So yesterday, mm-hmm. two of Bojo's top ministers resigned, saying they could no longer serve under his leadership. Basically, last week, this follows a departure last week of his, it's called, he was like the deputy Whip, mm, some of those, yeah. But this guy, his name is like Chris Princher or Prisher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was working for Boris Johnson's government. It came out that he like had groped two people at a party. Allegedly, he has groped two people at a party. Then he resigns for this, but people start looking into it and they're like, okay, it turns out this guy actually has like a long history of these kind of issues. Why did Boris Johnson even like work with this person in the first place? Tale as old as time. Johnson administration tries to be like, we had no idea that this was happening, blah, blah, blah. It turns out like formal complaints were definitely made against this person and he like received career accolades after that. So now it's just a whole other scandal for Boris, who if you guys don't remember from the last time we visited British News, Literally just survived a no confidence vote <laughs> from his party for hosting all those parties it's at Downing Street it never ends. So now he had two of his top ministers resign. I think it was like his treasury secretary. It's he's called like chancellor of the exchequer, whatever. And then um, the health secretary both resigned, and then and they released like. It's they're interesting because they're like very salty letters but they're also very like Britishly salty so like they'll in in one breath be like well, it's also very funny because they're conservatives and they're like the conservative party must stand for diligent behavior <laughs> and like yeah. tending to one's <laughs> reputation and then and, and for this reason sir yeah, I yeah. resign. But then at the end they're like and it's been a Pleasure, And I'm like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> like, the, the letter is like you can feel this like person spiraling between like, I want right. to say that Boris Johnson's a fucking idiot and I hate him. And also like, I need to be really British about it. And like one of the letters is like, and also to my family, you guys are great. I'm like, why are <laughs> you talking about your family? <laughs> like, why, why is your family even being mentioned in this letter? So, <laughs> so they resigned and... And then that spawned, like, a whole bunch of other people to resign. At one point, um, one of the leaders of the Conservative Party resigned on TV. Like, he's just in the middle of, do- like, he's, like, doing a TV interview, and he's like, and so, too, I resign. <laughs> and everyone's like, ah!
0: So, you know what, I would love to see some of this energy from some resignations in our parliament, honestly, or in our government.
3: I know. It's so funny to see, like, a mass resignation over this when it's, like, there wasn't, there was... Only a threatened mass resignation over the coup.
0: <laughs> like, right,
3: it, it wasn't until the coup actually happened.
0: Everyone knew about the plans. Then it took action. No, to it was happen.
3: not. Yeah, it wasn't until. This after, took it too far. But, but, <laughs> but so, yeah, now basically it's like once again, we're kind of in this position. Is he going to be able to survive if all of the... He kind of immediately appointed new people into all of these positions, so people think he's definitely gonna at least try to keep his job. Oh, um Again, they have more agent... It's easier for him to lose his job than it is for, like, an American president to lose their job by many, many, mm-hmm. many, many, many miles. It's
0: and <laughs> yeah, actually something they get quite
3: a right. No, it's... A- yeah. <laughs>
0: You know it sounds like across the board it's it's a workers market you know people need people need employees including prime ministers
3: yeah so nobody a, wants to work anymore nobody wants to work anymore <laughs> get
0: off your ass and work if, Bill, if Boris is willing to work thank you guys this was great now listeners you are equipped to to talk to your friends and boomer family members who vote in swing states about we need to, why we need to abolish the electoral college expand the court pass the ERA what else elect all of it burn it
1: all down yeah. start like Caitlin national said we got to get some sovereignty vote back compact okay that's that's um, i know that there's a national popular vote compact i think that that is an actual project that's happening several major states have already agreed to it the major thing is about getting to those republican led uh, states and seeing if you can convince those lawmakers or evict them using the 14th amendment um to <laughs> and like, yeah, to I mean, but January 6 is going to be really important. Pay attention to that, because that's going to be the foundation of any arguments we're going to be able to make about you guys don't actually have the legitimacy to make these decisions. And we did not authorize you when starting to start that process. So mm-hmm.
0: if I lived in a swing state that like always got like if I lived in Wisconsin, I would very much be behind Getting rid of the electoral college so the ads would leave me alone and be like, just just disperse them evenly. This is not fair. Pennsylvania, yeah. think of it this way. You are urge your Pennsylvania might already be
1: signed on to that pact, but for it's for you. I just want to be clear. There will never be another swing state campaign. There will never be the way everything no. that will change once we switch to a national popular vote is gonna fundamentally alter all of the structures that we have. It will be in the best ways. Because if you are a Republican who lives in New York or California, there's no point in voting ever, really. And I'm not going to discourage people to vote. I don't think that's correct, even if you are a Republican and a terrible person. But you acknowledge why yes. they feel yeah, yes, discouraged. But now yes. you know that when you get immobilized to vote, you can not only change the top of the ticket, you can actually impact all the offices that further down because there's just a sense of apathy every time we have a presidential cycle. No more swing states. Liberate us we'll never do this thing again. I don't, I'm so sorry. I don't care what people in rural Pennsylvania think. And I weirdly don't believe as a New Yorker, I should have the right to tell them what to do either. What if we just got rid of that? Freedom Mm -hmm. for everybody. Precisely. And you know what? On
0: that optimistic note, I'm going to end with until the return of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. This is the Betches Sub Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. And do not forget to buy your tickets to SUP Live, betches.co slash Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge
2: Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.